0: Can you imagine doing a live show? We would not be good at that. <laughs> I'd be great at it. This is no politics at the dinner table. I'm Tony Biancasino, and I'm Amit Prakash. Today we are having a somber uh, podcast with a special guest. Yes, um, I, I guess
1: the sobriety is uh, fitting for the topic. Oh, I'm gonna start drinking soon. Let's go. <laughs> okay, okay. Exhausted <laughs> I'm exhausted I At some exhausted.
0: point We're gonna get so sick Of talking about Trump Cause like We're not comedians Like comedians Love this shit Like yeah. late night Shows Those guys This is like The greatest thing To happen to it's, them
1: It's suddenly like Really dark comedy though You know It's like the. Kind of, I it's, mean, like, it's kind of like Bush was The Bush yeah In The second administration true.
0: We already knew Bush right. was a scumbag It was horrible It yeah. was like Literally murdering right. people Right uh, So I don't think It's any different But I don't know It's like with Bush, there was like the accent and like. But there was Cheney like, behind Bush, who I actually think is equally as scary as Donald Trump. Oh, Cheney's—he's like he is the devil. He's yeah,
1: he's Vader. Yeah, man. he's Vader. Like, yeah, that uh, guy's a fucking yeah. a war-hungry remember, crazy you might remember person. those uh, bumper stickers uh, for when, when they were going out for re-election It was like no. Bush Voldemort 2004. No, I don't. <laughs> it was like yeah, That's <laughs> it was like exactly what it was.
0: Yeah, I mean this guy's gonna be horrible, but we've we've had horrible people. Yeah,
1: this is a different type of horrible.
0: He's just really aggressive, like, and he has no. I mean, the thing about Bush and Cheney is like they at least like dodged questions. Where this guy just like fucking attacks you. I mean that thing with BuzzFeed was incredible, where he's just like, sh- or CNN, where he's just like, shut up! I'm not talking to you. Your fake news. Yeah, and that's like, yeah. How long can you keep that up he, for?
1: He's weird. He's he's actually really good at making fun of other people. Yeah, um, and he can be funny, um, but he doesn't. You don't ever see him like laughing or joking. No. Did um, you Bush read that? Bush did that. Franken Bush did that. Bush laughed a lot. Yeah, um, and you know I hated him for his laughing because he was doing horrible things. Yeah, but he he was in the in in his own way. He was a human being <laughs>
0: like, yeah, he was just like a
1: horrible one like, but but this guy just seems like a i don't know like sociopathic or something just like
0: at least like bush paints naked pictures oh of himself <laughs> makes him somewhat artsy i guess bathtub feet i mean yeah. he's a better painter than we are yes that's true maybe not G cheats an artist but me and you i mean P, bush is a better painter than us <laughs> he's he's had a book published did you know that about painting of, of, of his paintings yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. They're not horrible. I mean, I wouldn't want okay. one in my house. I'm just saying it's like it's like it's 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 shockingly not horrible. Like you would think he would he just sh- like so
1: you find him shockingly competent for uh Yeah for like who you would he think he
0: would paint like a son with sunglasses. Right. You know, like sipping a drink or something. Right, But he actually right. like kind of paints really yeah. weird looking people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean presidents, fraternity,
1: cokehead. Right uh, Recovering alcoholic Is he recovering alcoholic? Oh yeah Wow That was his big thing was like I turned forty And I quit drinking 40? There, yeah I yeah, was yeah. <laughs> oh, at 40? Yeah It was like <laughs> literally a statement During the campaign It was like I quit drinking
0: He's probably a nutcase <laughs> so When much, he drank Can you imagine? Yeah Can you Im- I can imagine actually He's probably a lot of fun <sighs> Yeah I'd like to get him sauced up And just be like dude You know you're You know you sucked right? <laughs> All right,
1: so um, we're gonna call my friend from grad school um, and we're gonna talk to him about what's going on this week. Um, And there's a ton of news, obviously, political news going on this week. Right. But one sort of broader thing, broader question in American life uh, is how we punish people um, for misdeeds. Um, And in particular, the most egregious misdeeds. So this week, for those who might have heard, but they might have gotten lost in the shuffle with all the other news, uh, Dylan Roof, the killer um, of nine people yeah. in Charleston last summer, 2015 summer, I should say, um, was convicted of death in South Carolina. Um, and so we're going to call up uh, Moshe Temkin from Harvard University. All right, and, let's do it. And uh, have him talk about it. Let's get him on. All right. Hey, Mosheek.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for inviting me.
1: All right. Um, thanks so much for doing it. Um, so before we get into it, so um, we're going to chat about uh, one of your favorite topics. Um, <laughs> but but um, what before we get into it, I, could you just say a few words about yourself, who you are, what you do, um, what your interests are?
2: Sure. Uh, so I'm an associate professor. Uh, at Harvard at the Kennedy School of Government. Uh, I'm a historian, and uh, my field, my general field is uh, American history in global context, global perspective in the 20th century. And among other things, I work a lot on uh, transatlantic politics and comparisons, uh, and that's, I think, where we uh, get into the death penalty. Death penalty is a topic I've uh, worked on uh, quite a bit, in the past several years um, in particular comparing the united states and its history of the death penalty with uh the death penalty in other parts of the world especially in europe um, where, as you you all know it's uh uh basically been abolished right so by uh kind of uh in uh in terms of uh, looking at the death penalty is Kind of focusing on one particular question which is why does the United States still have uh, the death penalty right and it's kind of a, a weird outlier uh, in the you know so-called Western world okay um, so yes, yeah, that's what I do
1: great wow, great um, so funny you should be pursuing that question because that's one of my major questions is that why, Why? Well, I mean, in general, why is it? And, and before we get into that answer, which I'm sure is pretty complex, um, I just want to say a few, I looked up some stuff about uh, South Carolina and I don't know how much you know about South Carolina or you know, Southern states and their execution practices versus other states that still do it um but south carolina from uh, and this is according to their state records since 1912 to 2011 has had 282 executions uh and the bulk of them right. have been carried out between 1912 and 1960 um right. the youngest person there to be executed uh, was a 14 year old black boy Oof. um and the oldest is a 60 year old 66 year old black man um and yeah. since 1995, you get a choice now. So Dylan Roof is going to have a choice, which he has to decide within 14 days, according to the law. Does he want to be electrocuted, or does he want to get the lethal injection? Oh, um, because they right. still practice both. So I, I was just wondering, in terms of those stats, um, yeah. comparatively, you know, within the United States, is is South Carolina for a state that still practices the death penalty? Is it a norm? Is it more pronounced? Is it less?
2: Yeah, um, so South Carolina is one of uh, 31 states in the union that still have the death penalty on the books, uh, so you've got 19 states that, uh, you know, got rid of the death penalty. I live in Massachusetts, uh, which uh, does not have the death penalty mm-hmm. since the uh, 1980s, Um some states have kind of gone back and forth over the years, right? You know, California, New York State, other states. Uh, South Carolina is considered, I mean, I don't have the, all the numbers in front of me. you mentioned, you know, the, the, the stat you gave is really interesting. It is a, what I would call a sort of consistently executing state in the sense that, you know, yes, some states that have the death penalty on the books, but don't actually, or they might have even people on death row, but they're not, You know, executions are actually kind of rare, uh, which is a whole separate category. Then you've got, uh, you know, among the states with the death penalty, you've got states that are probably generate, as it were, the bulk of executions in the United States. Number one by far is Texas. Okay, Uh, Florida is another big executing state. Georgia, um, South Carolina is a relatively small state, but it's. You know, it has, it's up there, right? It has, uh, you know, it has a death penalty. I don't see it abolishing the death penalty anytime soon. And as you alluded, uh, like many other southern states in particular, death penalty there has a uh, kind of egregious racial component to it. uh, That is the, uh, both in terms of absolute numbers and then also relatively speaking, Uh, you know, you'll find that uh, black uh, you know, defendants convicted uh, are going to be executed in higher numbers than whites. Uh, And that's a major feature of the death penalty, I'd say nationwide, and especially in the southern states, and I wager that, you know, in particular uh, in a place like South Carolina. Okay.
1: Um, So what do you make of this? I mean, were you surprised? Um, I don't know how much you followed the the roof case, yeah. um, but in th- the fact that he was given the death penalty, there you know, when they had yeah. some of the family members come, um, right. they offered forgiveness and things like that. Um, I mean, there was a lot of um, anger right. and and rage as well, but there was also sort of moments yeah. of forgiveness, but yet um, the the jury uh, was unanimous here. Um, so yeah. why, so I, I guess that g- goes to a sort of larger question is why, you know, South Carolina is just, you know, uh, I guess the spotlight's on it right now cause it's the roof case, but why is it the case that the U S still does this?
2: So a couple of things here, we kind of need to, uh, look at a little bit separately. Uh, remember that the debt, the, the death penalty case again, you know, with roof, right now is a federal case. That's really important. Mm -hmm. So he actually is going to be, you know, (laughs) South Carolina prosecuted him and sought the death penalty. And then the federal government came in, prosecuted him for a hate crime and also sought the death penalty. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you have both the kind of local component of this, right? The state, Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't actually have hate crime as a category, right, in their criminal justice code. Uh, but the federal government, right, the Attorney General, Loretta Lynch, uh, decided that they wanted to they wanted to come in and prosecute this as a hate crime, and then they also decided to go for the death penalty. Even though, as you point out, uh, there were, you know, several, you know victim family members and other people from the um, you know people around those who were killed who talked about forgiveness and you had the president himself uh, going there and remember of course seeing amazing grace and talking about right. forgiveness and so on and then the president's administration came and talked to the, the death penalty uh, <laughs> now I, I mentioned this Jesus. also because
0: Ain't there's
2: yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's, he's been consistent. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, uh, in Massachusetts, as you know, we, we've had the, a uh, couple of years ago, we had the uh, Tsarnaev case of right. uh, the Boston Marathon bombers. That's also, it's, a, it's also a very interesting kind of way to analyze. It's also a federal case, and they also sought the death penalty in a state that doesn't have the death penalty. <laughs> uh and I'm going to digress here and talk a little bit about, I know you want to talk about Dylan Roof, but there's a couple of things to say about Tsarnaev that I think will help explain a lot of what's happening with Dylan Roof as well. Um, in the Tsarnaev case, right, with Joker Tsarnaev on, on trial, so, you know, it took place in, in Boston. It's a Massachusetts case. Massachusetts doesn't have a death penalty, and statistically, you know, polls show that overwhelming majority of people in the state, and particularly in the city of Boston, uh, are against the death penalty. And yet the federal government, uh, you know, prosecuted this case in terms of, as they always do, in terms of bringing justice for the community, bringing closure to the community. Mm. And even then, you also had uh, some, not all, but some victim family members and others from the community talking about. Uh, that they don't want the death penalty to be applied here, that that's not what they consider to be justice. Uh, And in choosing the jury, and this is very important, in choosing the jury, the prosecution, uh, which is sent by the Attorney General, uh, makes sure that every single person chosen for the jury is in favor of the death penalty, or at least is accepting of the death penalty. So you get this crazy situation where in the name of bringing justice to the community, they go out of their way in jury selection to get jurors who are in favor of the death penalty.
1: Uh, And they're a minority.
2: Yeah. And they're they're a minority in the state. They represent a minority in terms of how people feel about the death penalty. And again, it's not nothing to do with Massachusetts. It's something to do with federal government policy regarding the death penalty. Now, why am I talking about this all in terms of the Dylan roof case? It's because there's a large perception in this country that the death penalty is, you know, kind of like some retrograde thing that belongs to these. I don't want to, you know, backward states, uh, that haven't seen the light, uh, and they have the death penalty, but, uh, it's also, you know, the case that the federal government itself, the Obama administration, uh, is, you know, makes the death penalty a kind of a, 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 a kind of a central part of its of the way it punishes people for, for certain crimes, right? Um, and that's also been the case in, in in South Carolina. So there's been a little bit of confusion. I was reading, kind of, you know, uh, about the case uh, in the past couple of days again, and and I saw that. People aren't actually aware uh, uh, of who's actually been, you know, prosecuting this, right? Because there's on the one hand the state, and then the, on the other hand the, the the federal government.
1: So yeah, so they're going to take. So so in this case, they've have both of them launched their cases, or just the one? Is it just the feds that have done this well, right now?
2: For the one that we're lo- the, the the one that we're looking at now, is, it's a federal case. Okay they're the ones that did the yeah it's been their their prosecution
0: so and did the Boston guy did the Boston guy get the death penalty
2: oh yeah he got the he got the death penalty now in both cases in the case of Tsarnaev and in the case of Dylan Roof uh, getting the death penalty is only the beginning Uh, there's going to be you know years of appeals Uh, if he's you know if uh, either of them executed it's not going to happen right away right uh, if it happens at all, it usually happens after you know a long process um, and to me, that's part of the story of the death penalty in the United States. It's not just about executions themselves, it's also about you know this uh, uh, it's also about death row, right You've got people who have been sitting on death row for years and years in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we also know, of course, uh, that the, there are cases in which this is not true of either, either Dylan Roof or Joker, Czarnier, but, you know, we've had, and we still have people who are on death row or people even who have been executed, who have been, um, exonerated, uh, or, you know, DNA testing shows that, uh, they're innocent, or that uh you know the trials were found to be very problematic um and so you know the death penalty is a is this kind of machinery right it's a whole system right i think that's another important thing to keep in mind
1: the the us how does it compare who are the other sort of great executors of the world Oh, so uh,
2: we're 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 in great we're in great company. Uh, we, you're you're going to love this. So uh, you know, the top executing countries. We're I think uh, uh, in the most in the past several years, we're uh, at about number number four. Okay, so wow. we've got China. Uh, we've got uh, Iran. <laughs> Uh, other top executing countries include uh, Iraq, <laughs> uh, Pakistan, oh, uh, Yemen, Saudi Arabia. Uh, so and then the believe uh, that we're yeah, no, you. <laughs> I think you know we were ahead. We're at, well. I think we're after uh, China, Iran, and uh, I can't remember. I think it's Iraq, but don't do I don't have it in front of me. But I, I'm pretty sure we're, we're number. I think we're number. We're number four now. I'm just giving you absolute numbers, right? If you look in terms of per capita, that like you get a different, you get a different list, um, and you know, it's, it's you know, different kinds of measurements. But yeah, those are those are our peers. Wow. Uh, and uh, there are other countries. You <laughs> know, nuts. the other two, the other two countries in the world that are democracies that have the death penalty on the book. Are India and Japan, right? Um, and the death penalty, part of the story. The death penalty over the past, I'd say, you know, it depends how you bet, forty, fifty years, has been toward abolition in many parts of the world. You know, in Latin, in most of Latin America, it's been it's been abolished in uh, in Europe. You're, you know, Europe, it doesn't exist anymore as a to the kind of condition of belonging to the EU, right, or even the Council of Europe, you're not allowed to have the death penalty on the books. You know, R- Russia doesn't have the death penalty.
0: The big bad uh, Russians don't have the death penalty. Right,
2: no. Turkey does not have the death penalty. Wow. Uh, though we're, I mean, you know, Egypt does have the death penalty, uh, just to give you a little sense of, you know, where we are. So the U.S. is really, just to give you a kind of global sense of how much uh, we're an outlier, if you think about it. You know, in terms of uh, north and south, east and west, etc. Um, why? Now, that's the that you know, that's the big question. Why does the United States still have the death penalty? My, my take on this is, and this goes to, I think the Bill and Ruth case is really uh, a good example. Uh, we are, uh, we. We are really focused on those of us, or those of those people in the United States who are, let's put aside those who are in favor of the death penalty, and they think that it's a great thing, let's put them aside for a moment. It's actually interesting that even in many countries that don't have the death penalty, if you actually take polls, you'll find that the, a lot of the public is in favor of the death penalty, right? And there are countries that abolish the death penalty uh, even when... There wasn't great support for abolishing the death penalty. France is the best example I know of. This. Mm. France got rid of the death penalty in 1981, but fairly recently in Western Europe. It's, a, it's actually the last major Western European country to, to get rid of the death penalty. They were still executing people with the guillotine right, okay, right. up until 1981. And so, you know, in that sense, it's not that Americans are more bloodthirsty than other people in the world. The, di- the difference, I think, is in how uh, we think about abolition, like how we think about getting rid of the death penalty. And that's, I think, that's at least in my work, that's what I find has been the major difference. So just to, to kind of explain what I mean by this, um, in a place like France, just as it was in, in Britain and other uh, you know other places, in, in particular Western Europe, or even in Latin America, the death penalty was seen as a matter of, you know, it's a matter of principle. Does the state have the right, uh, or the, you know, the prerogative to um, execute people, you know, to kill citizens for as punishment or not? You know, it's a, a very basic question, and they, for various reasons, you know, from a pen in a very top-down process. Politically, they decided that the answer is no, because it got connected to, especially the human rights issue, right, in terms of human dignity. That, you know, society that considers human dignity a kind of foundational uh, value doesn't uh, execute uh, people. And what that means is it applies to all kinds of... all, all people who are going to be convicted of crime, uh, even the worst kinds of irredeemable uh, criminals, you know, murders of the of the worst sort that you can imagine, they're not going to be executed uh, in the United States the questions have been completely different. You know, the abolition movement over the years has focused on things that are very true and important, like, for example, the racism of the death penalty system. Uh, the brutal execution method, right? Uh, that's been a big thing. We botched executions have been horrific, right? The fact that, as I said before, many people are executed who turn out to be innocent. Uh Other things like You know, executing uh, people with uh, mental issues, um, executing people who committed, uh, you know, who had, you know, horror, you know, uh, they were juveniles. That that sort of thing, Um, and it's been effective in terms of getting people to be aware of some of the worst cases of how the death penalty is applied. But then you have a case like Dylan Roof. It's worth looking at this for a second, right? Here's a guy who is unquestionably guilty right there's no doubt about his guilt he had a fair trial right as far as as far as we as we can see he uh, has you know uh, he's white right so there's no kind of you know racial discrimination there uh, in that sense uh, and assuming that they can find, you know, a way of executing him that is not going to be a botched execution, you can also execute him very effectively, right, and easily. And
1: he's he's remorseless.
2: And he's remorseless. He has no redeeming qualities. there's there's nothing. nothing, You know, there are a lot of cases death penalty where, you know, in American history, we've had many cases. They just, you know, the Leopold and Loeb case, many other cases in which Sacun uh, Vanzetti, which I worked on. These are people that get executed, but they're in, they get rehabilitated in prison, or they impress people with their wisdom, or they uh, they show their humanity. Uh, people, you know, make uh, friends with them uh, because of you know how thoughtful they might be. They might write books, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This this person, Dylan Roof, has none of those qualities. He's remorseless. He's clearly a uh, you know he's a he's a, he's an, a racist. He committed a hate crime. Nobody has anything good to say about him. So, you know, the whole opposition to the death penalty remains speechless, you know, in Mm. in the face of of this case, right? The Supreme Court, which is in the arena for debating, you know, what to do with the death penalty, uh, always focuses on all these other issues that I brought up, like methods, and the innocence question and the racial discrimination, all of which are, all of which are true and all of which are kind of horrifying if you don't like the death penalty. But they never, we have never in this country uh, confronted in any serious way that very basic question about the death penalty, right? That question of, of principle. Is it justified? For uh, you know, a state to execute an, an individual—that that's basically, I think, the the big
1: difference. Wow. So yeah, that's interesting because because now anybody who's an abolitionist, they literally don't have the language to object to the the, the Dylan Roof execution because he meets all the criteria of a just execution. Yeah. Right.
2: And it's hard. It's hard. The other part of this is. As you, you you started out by saying the family members said, you know, we, the Europeans, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, there are a lot, there are a lot of things to criticize the Europeans over. But one thing I think which they got right is that they don't, when cases uh, come up, they don't focus on what the, um, you know, family members are saying or thinking mm-hmm right they're not focusing even on the person who committed the crime in ter- you know in terms of whether they deserve they deserve that you know who's more worthy of death or they they just have this principle that they uh, that they apply but in america we're really really focused on people's reactions right we're looking for justice and the way that we seek justice is kind of to hear what the members of the families have to say—that's, of course, you know, very important. In some cases, and actually, in most cases, you know, people people get killed, get murdered, and then it's very natural that their family members want, you know, want vengeance, right? Uh, you know, they want to see the person who did it suffer. But you know, society has to ask it. So people have to ask themselves: if, that, if that's the you know the criterion for you know for how we punish people?
1: Isn't it the case that the argument for the death penalty um, that and and whether they have a sort of covert argument, but the explicit argument is that it's it's a preventative. It has a sort of preventative effect or deterrent effect on, uh, you know, terrible behavior. Right. And so. But it seems like what you are suggesting that this is really about revenge.
2: Um, Well. Deterrence is, is has been kind of an argument that has come up. It's it's not very convincing in my opinion. I think it's kind of a red herring. Um, there, are, you know, there are studies that have been done that show maybe deterred. Some studies, other studies that have shown uh, maybe they're. You know, it's very hard to prove in a society that is as violent as the United States is, right? How can it be like if we're executing people as a deterrent, how is it that we have, you know, more, uh, vi- you know, more violence, murder, uh, and crimes against, you know, people commit against other people than any other kind of comparable country? All right. There's kind of like a con, there's a contradiction there. So I don't find that, I don't find that convincing at all. What I think, if you look at the case of Dylan Roof, um, I think that what's going on here is that <clears throat> because, as I said, it's a federal case, the federal government, uh, the state, is asserting its power, right? This is uh, the the state basically uh, determining that it has the power of, of life and death over the individuals in the state in cases of uh, a crime that it defines as worthy of the death penalty that's what i think I think this is about state power
0: if a state were to not seek the death penalty and then the federal government were to uh seek the death penalty who who wins that one
2: uh i think that let me go back to a concrete example so in the case of tsarnaes in uh or actually even the dylan roof that uh in that case it both the state and the federal government were going to seek the death penalty, right. but the federal government intervened and took it on as its own prosecution because they wanted to apply the eighth crime issue. Right. Okay? Uh, with Tsarnaev, that's a more stark example, because, uh, you know, if you're... The crime was committed in Massachusetts by uh, two... You know, brothers who grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, or you know, one, you know, they were living in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It took place in Boston. It's a you know, it could be easily treated as a state as a state crime, right? It could be prosecuted at the state level, uh, but then there wouldn't have been the death penalty. Right. Federal government came in and wanted to treat it as a kind of you know terrorist case, um, and so they took it over. So, based on that example, I think that you know that's where the you know the federal government can impose.
0: So essentially, uh, this will. Essentially, the federal government likes to kill people because it's kind of setting a precedent for uh, what they, you know, they they don't want. They don't want people to commit terrorist acts and they want you to know that if you do, they'll kill you. They don't want you to commit hate crimes because if you do, they'll kill you. So at that point, I mean, how would, how would it ever get abolished if, the, if, if even under the Obama administration, which is at least uh, perceived as being a pretty liberal and progressive administration, if, right. if they're, you know, going in and, and firing away, killing people, uh, I mean, you yeah. can't see this changing.
2: I kept waiting for all the states' rights people to show up in the tar-knife case, <laughs> like all you know. You keep states' you rights, know, states' rights, right? Whenever, whenever the federal government wants to do something that's relatively, you know, whatever liberal, progressive, in terms of uh, whatever it is, right? Health, uh, uh, education, housing, other issues, right? Uh, gun control, what have you? The, you know, got states' rights people yelling about federal overreach. Yeah. Uh but here I thought this was a case of federal overreach, right? Why is the federal government coming into Massachusetts, a state that doesn't have a death penalty, right? And forcing upon the people of Massachusetts to mm-hmm. impose a death penalty, uh, in a case that took place in Massachusetts.
0: Well it's because right? they need so, to give the per- they need to they need to be perceived as tough on terrorism.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, no. That's exactly. That's exactly right. That's what they're. That's what they're trying. That's what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, so I think that uh, there. It's not so much a matter. Of, the way I see it, it's not so much about a matter of that the state, you know, likes to to kill people, uh, but we do have an issue. Again, going back to my previous point about abolition, that the death penalty in America has basically become. Um, a, a legal issue that is—it's always debated in the in the courts, right? As I said before, primarily in the in the in the Supreme Court, um, there have been—you know—they they temporarily abolished it in the 1970s, and 1972, and that lasted for for four years. Uh, then they brought it back, but at the the political level, there has not been any push uh to uh you know get rid of the death penalty. Uh the last major presidential you know, kind of uh, major party presidential candidate who advocated for abolition was Michael Dukakis in nineteen eighty eight and he got killed uh <laughs> you know as as it were, uh for his his position. And ever since then no presidential candidate, including Obama and including Hillary Clinton, uh, and certainly not the Republican, have dared to advocate for abolition, even if they even believe in it. And the issue—it's interesting—the issue came up recently, uh, actually last year, in the you know in one of the Democratic debates with Hillary Clinton and and Bernie, right? Uh, where Rachel Maddow actually asked the question. That was the first time that the death penalty had come up in a political debate of this, day you know, presidential debate, at least a party debate, primary debate. Um, and Hillary Clinton gave the stock sort of, you know, democ- you know the, the same answer that Bill Clinton gave, the same answer that Barack Obama gave, which is that she's she's in favor of keeping the death penalty uh, for, you know, extreme cases, etc. And I actually kind of like Bernie's answer. Uh, he basically said, I think we already have basically said, and I'm not quoting exactly, but he he said, uh, you know, we already have enough killing in this country and I don't think the government should be in the business of killing people. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so I, that that the, he put it very mildly, not because he wasn't going to make a campaign issue out of it, but, you know, I thought that that was uh, a, a good way of putting it, you know, po- politically. The problem is that as long as it remains just um, uh, you know, a legal issue. Then it doesn't get debated at the at the political level, right? Because another problem is that you know you're following if you're following public opinion and your voters perceive you as being you know weak on crime,
1: uh, on then
2: right. yeah, yeah, weak. Right, so you're you're gonna you're going to get you know you're going to get killed at the polls. At least that's the thing. And now moving forward, I mean, all bets are off. We, you know, there was. Uh, Most uh, scholars of the death penalty, and I'm a minority here, I mean, most scholars of the death penalty uh, in the past several years have been arguing that the death penalty is is on its way out. I mean, they point to the numbers of executed people going down. Overall, that's true. They point to numbers of states that are abolishing the death penalty uh, going up. That part is also true, although, as I said, most states still have the death penalty. Uh, they point to all the, the issue, you know, the highlighted issues of uh, the botched executions, the racism, etc., uh, the innocence question uh, as sort of pushing toward an abolition of death. And their great hope, if they believe that it should be abolished, is that the Supreme Court would finally get rid of it. And it's been, you know, if you read, the New York Times writes about it a lot. New Yorker, you know, has a lot of articles all the time about uh, the death penalty. They're very interested in it. They were all very optimistic, as it were. I was not optimistic. I didn't didn't think the death penalty was going to go away anytime soon for all the reasons I've just mentioned. And now with this kind of, you know, Trump era that we're entering, uh, you know, I really don't think that the death penalty (laughs) is, is going away. Especially if he gets to make a, you know, one or one or more Supreme Court court appointments. Right.
0: Right. Wow. So there will be more death penalty cases for us to talk about. I, I suppose so. Um, thank you know, the problem with those cases too, though. It's like, it really takes a human being trying very hard to keep emotion out of your decision if you're for or against the death penalty, because, you know, with the Boston terrorists or Dylan Roof, like we said, I mean, there's no saving grace with this guy. I mean, no. he, he, really, he really deserves to not be here, but do you really want to give that power to politicians, really? And uh, I, for one, do not, um, just because there's been cases where people get killed who didn't do it. So if there's even a fraction or a, or a percentage that's, that's not 100% correct all the time you just well could i mean you, i how think could you, what how could you do it
1: moshik's suggestion was that even if you know a hunt like dylan roof 110 yeah. percent, right? right we know it he's horrible right if anybody we can say deserves to die or whatever right it's this guy right. right um yeah but the larger question which is the question that hasn't been asked if i if i'm listening to you correctly moshik um Is that should the state have that much power?
0: Right. And I say no. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Category, category. So
2: that's that's the test, right? So let's say, you know, we've found a way, we find a way to, you know, we get the DNA science to the point where we eliminate all doubt, right, as to getting the right person. Right. And, we make sure that the death penalty is racially equal, right? We get somehow magically get rid of the, you know, the kind of racial the racial disparity the, the, that is, uh, you know, disproportionate numbers of, uh, you know, black people who are executed over white people. Uh, and we find the most effective, painless method of executing people uh, you know, and we and we make sure that you know we do it. So you know, all if you if you tick all these boxes, are right. you, do you still execute? That I think that so that's the that question we have not faced. We we haven't we haven't had a debate really in this country, or at least not in many years, over that question. I use the uh, slavery analogy, like of just. To give another example, I, I wrote about this elsewhere, which is that, uh, you know, if you're if you are against slavery in the nineteenth right before the Civil War, right, you 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 you, you want to get rid of slavery, and you're making an argument against slavery. Um, you can make the you know you can make the argument that uh, slavery is brutal, right? You make the argument that slavery is is, is racist right you can make uh, the argument that slavery is is arbitrary and ran- random you know the way that the death penalty sort of is uh but you're i don't think you can be a, an abolitionist if you don't state as a matter of principle that one man should not own another man as property right so for me the analogy works that is a death penalty right you can make very effective arguments about how the death penalty is broken. The system is broken. That we risk executing innocent people. That it's racist. That the methods are, are cruel and unusual, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But until you confront the principle, as I mean, think it's just you know just echoed. That you know you have to decide whether uh, the state is in fact entitled to you know execute people then you haven't really addressed the issue of the death penalty. And that's the big difference. That's what the Europeans did. For better or worse, I mean, some people might not agree. But what the Europeans, did say, they also have horrible crime Look at Breivik in Norway, right? Right. Four year, about four or five years ago. One of the most egregious, horrible, irredeemable cases of mass murder that I've, I've ever read about or heard about, right? So they don't have the death penalty in Norway. Uh, they gave him the maximum sentence, which, by the way, is 20 years, not even life sentence. Uh, he's going to be out at some point, right? So uh, it's not that, you know, That's they... Nuts.
1: Yeah, they he, just, I heard he was complaining they, about his reading material.
2: He is. He's got like, a human rights trial coming up. And so maybe, maybe <laughs> the Europeans are thinking this human rights thing a little too far, right? <laughs> right. But, uh, but uh, I guess I'm, what I'm saying here is that they've kind of solved that issue by applying the principle to everybody. Uh, whether, you know, people have committed something, you know, that it's a, it's a crime that you're saying, well, is it worthy of death or not worthy of death? Still in roof, we have a clear cut case. I agree with you. I mean, and, and of course there's going to be emotion, especially for people like us. I mean, he represents, for me, right, the, the things that are most horrifying that, you know, one human being can commit against other human beings, right? If anybody, right, is worthy of being executed, it's, it's this guy, but that, I think that's the, that's the test. That's where it's, it, it's, most difficult to be against the death penalty.
1: Well, I'm sure the Trump administration will have a judicious deliberative discussion yeah. about all this. And, um, Well, that's
2: what they do. They do judicious, right? right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, thank you so much for chatting with us about yeah. this. Um, the I didn't actually I had no idea that the Fed swooped in in, in Boston. I didn't know that uh, literally uh, putting blood on the hands of the people of Massachusetts. Yeah, I yep. mean that's that's pretty crazy. Um, Moshi, thank you so much. Yeah, um, this has been awesome. This was well, really thank interesting. you guys. And great. We'll talk soon, hopefully.
2: All right. Thank you very much for having me on.
1: All right. Take care.
2: See you. Bye bye.
1: So we're all fucked. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um great. Um the death penalty is alive and well. Alive and well. <laughs> um apparently not going anywhere. Uh I suspected that, but I mean it is true what, what Mushik was talking about that the trend lines are down, yeah. they don't do it as often. Yeah. But there isn't really a vocal debate out there about should we be doing this at right, all? Right. You know, um that question. No, because they, just-
0: they 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 they, they- you know including the media and the government they they make it a very emotional thing i mean right. they, this is a publicizing well it's state, also so they, it's, like, it's you'd be unpatriotic if you didn't think the boston guy should be put to death it's
1: also that's true like, that's could you that's imagine being the guy boston, being fighting boston, for that guy's boston, life I'm, i wouldn't do it boston if i was running one absolutely and Dylan roof you're well, going to be the politician Dylan, yeah, no, fighting think, for that guy's I think, life i think um, i roof the thing is more like if you are against his death, you're against justice, right? Right, that totally. You, know, you don't believe in justice, right? No, because right. because he has the, to die. Punishment by death is sort of baked into the justice cake yeah. here, right? Yeah. Like that—that's part of it. And extracting that, um, yeah. Who knows?
0: All right. So uh, this is no politics at the dinner table, produced by our buddy Jeep Baderoy. Check us out on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Yes, we've been pretty active there. We have been very, and active. Uh, yes. we really welcome your comments and. And everybody spreading the word. Yep. We'll see you next week. See you next week.